0: mel mm-hmm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
0: Sitting here with a heavy heart Trying to find the words inside. It's been too long. When will our voices be heard? In this silence, hear the call. As a nation, we stand tall. time once more, we will come out of this as one, and we'll go. I don't בסוף היום יש איזה רגע קטן הלב שלי שוקע כשההור נעלם קשה לי לראות בדרך אליך רציתי לדבר איתך מה שבלב על רגע מאושר לא רק על מה שכואב עשה טובה על תסטירת את פניך תמיד אתה יודע מתי if I Kmo a child, I'd like to go to you. The name of Israel, the name of the Lord, Bishwima, rotsliot karov lecha shana ve ot shana bishwema u mi kandila decha kore shel famim gam azev nitzman yad al einayim ve ani shirim Alai ve'alcha, ractiti li saper lcha al yom she'avar. T'mida ta'iti, gam ba matok, gam ba mar. Ractiti li yot atov ve'necha. T'mida ta'yodei matay. moyele kti mida. Mo'ele Shem Elokinu Hashem Echa Shema San Hashem Elo Kinu Hashem Echa. Maze Kuven Shama, Bishvi Ma Zé Nyotkarobelecha Shala.
2: te dejar leneti
0: For na Nafshi Nafshi Ya, Oh,
2: gahnt
0: ich I'll be you, Missy. Any chassis, <laughs> any brassle, any swardy, a valkulanu, <laughs> bine, a mele, kulam <laughs> mahim, a chima ubi, any letvak, any I'm Breslin, I'm Svaradi But we all are the children of the day All I go on your walk, I know you know you know you know you know I'm not a man who's <laughs> a man who's <laughs> mit man who's a
1: J.M. in the A.M. Wow, there we go. Uh, The one and only R.B. Shlomo Kalbach, of course. That was a request that came uh, via the NSN app. Mim here at J.M. in the A.M. Mordechai Shapiro's Keday. You heard the error of Shabbos, Nigun, and V'nei HaMelech done by Joey Newcomb. The messengers... With Aisha Schyle from about 40 years ago. <laughs> Micha Gammerman's Sudachli Sheet Medley. Baruch Levine with Kihu and Shivisi, both off the brand new Kumsitz album. Yaakov Shweki, brand new with Gufun Shama. Avi Mann, brand new with Lifnei Hachupa. Mendel Moses, brand new with Amistral Chai. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday, everybody. It's March first, day twenty-one in the month of Adar One. Adar Aleph. The year is five seven eight four Tupshin Pei Dalad. It's Arab Shabbos, Parshas Kitisa. And candlelighting time is at five twenty-seven on this Arab Shabbos, Five twenty-seven. Uh that's for New York. Make sure you know and think make sure you know and think start where you are. But again, five twenty-seven candlelighting time in New York. Again. Make sure you know when things start, where you are. Weekly update, Malcolm homeline will join us about 45 minutes from now. We'll talk about the events of this week, and there are a lot of events that happened this week. There's lots going on, to say the least. And um, we will speak with him coming up here at JM in the AM. Please continue to daven for Shalom Avraham Ben PeshaLea, Shalom Avraham Ben Peshaleya And your help with that is, of course, greatly appreciated. Mazal Tov to the Gross and Freed families. Alex Gross, beautiful Kala from West Orange, New Jersey. And Paul Freed, handsome NYPD Chatan from the Lower East Side of Manhattan. They were married last night at the Venetian. Beautiful location, by the way. Shout out to Martin Mayer. <coughs> They got married last night at the Venetian. Turns out that the uh, mother of the Kala, Mrs. Gross, is a longtime Am fan. And it sounded like, it sounded like to me, that she's considering actually installing the Nahum Siegel Network app in her phone in order to listen again every day. That's what it sounded like to me. So mazal tov for many, many reasons. including those two, the wedding and the fact that she'll be a regular listener again, please God. I met a couple of people last night that still have not made the adjustment all these years later to our digital only offering. I'm sort of, I I sort of say to them, what, did you like it better when you couldn't hear the show? Now that you have the capability at the press of a button to hear the show clearly, why do you deprive yourself? It drives me crazy. But I mean, people around the world outside of New York and New Jersey have always heard it, <coughs> have always heard us clearly because clearly they were listening digitally via the web and not on terrestrial radio. But those who were, you know, addicted to the show on terrestrial radio, why would you not want to hear the show clearly now at the press of a button? So a couple of people said they're going to be installing the Nachum Single Network app. Anyway, besides that, it was an amazing simcha, to say the least. And again, Mazal Tov. And um, Fivish from Ura was there. And the camel from Ura was there in tribute to the Chatan. It was really a fun night. And Mazal Tov to Alex and Paul from all of us here at JM and the AM. It's really a beautiful, beautiful wedding. And the Gross family in West Orange and the Freeds, Lower East Side, great family. Again, Mazalta from all of us here at JM and the AM. Um, Yeah, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Again, candle lighting 527. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Today is the 147th day that our brothers and sisters are being held in captivity by the enemy. We are about to enter our 21st full Shabbat. I say it that way because obviously... Many people were already kidnapped on that very, very first Shabbat, but clearly did not spend the entire Shabbat in captivity, but we are now about to start the 21st consecutive Shabbat that our brothers and sisters are in captivity in the hands of the enemy. Continue to pray for them. That's clearly a priority. Uh, but we cannot forget them. We cannot forget them. We have to keep working in every possible capacity in every way to have the uh, hostages released and and whatever bodies are are um are in the hands of the enemy to have them released as well uh weekly update coming up Harry Rothenberg just a few minutes from now, he'll address us um in about fifteen minutes, Parshas Kitisa, Rabbi Yudin, of course, at eight fifteen. Don't forget, we have amazing programming all through the day, including, including um, the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek. Somebody was sitting next to me last night at the wedding, giving Mark so many compliments on the Arab Shabbos show. It is such a well-produced, well-thought-out, amazing music show for those who appreciate and that's why by the way our numbers reflected that's why it's such a popular show. Um anybody out there who has any inclination to hear strong, appropriate Shabbos and again specific Shabbos selections, meaning for that week, um, on of Shabbos to really get you into the mood. It is the Erev of Shabbos show that you're looking for. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. <coughs> Oh boy, Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem and produced and hosted by Mark Zomik. And it makes quite an impact every single week. It'll be on again at 10 a.m. Eastern time this morning. Um, that'll be coming up. Plus, of course, our Air of Shabbos music mix and the final hour, which will be on about 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. All brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. And we thank them. And uh, what a partnership. What a partnership after all these years. The uh, company that you most associate with Shabbos, Royal Wine Kedem, and the show that you most associate with Erev Shabbos, because our Friday shows through the decades have been so amazingly accepted and um, and celebrated by our listeners. Put it all together and look what we got. Really an amazing and incredible uh, Erev Shabbos offering here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nachum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Happy 70th anniversary to our friends at a A&H. If you're looking for some delicious and incredible kosher meat items, and you're going shopping today in any supermarket, but certainly the large kosher supermarkets nationwide, check out the A&H display. And you will find some of the most uh, amazingly delicious products, whether it's the hot dogs and aquas, the salami, the pastrami, the kishka, uh, whatever it is that, uh, you know, strikes your fancy. And uh, trust me, it's worth bringing home to your family and offering it to them and they will, uh, they will confirm what we already know, that a A&H products are absolutely delicious. Take a 10% discount on all a A&H products with promo code radio at kosherdogs.net net. Again, KosherDogs.net, 10% off with promo code radio. Try a A&H today. You'll be glad you did. By the way, we scheduled Rabbi uh, Sutton. Rabbi Sutton is going to be on the air. What day is that? Is that Wednesday? We just checked that for a moment. Rabbi Sutton's out with a brand new book on bituchon a great topic that we love discussing on this show, but we specifically love discussing it with him. Yeah, he'll join us on March 6th, this coming Wednesday at 7.35 in the morning. March 6 7:35 in the morning or by David Sutton here at JM in the AM. And again, go to artscroll.com. Purchase the book, make sure you use promo code radio24 when you go to artscroll, it's radio24. You know the rule, whenever you go to artscroll.com, always use the promo code radio24. Radio24 at artscroll.com. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web, MalcolmSingle.com, and the MalcolmSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's all in the background. In the background. is right. We are waiting. We are waiting for them, for all of them in our home in Israel we are waiting keep praying for our hostages being held by the enemy galitzal israel army radio 2pm newscast
3: next to jam dav galitzal she sha shalom rav Ba'ulpan amit Calderon im ma she achshav al masa u matan le shikru ha chatufim mislachat israeli tova gormim bkhirim bikra ba yamim ha acharonim be kaher ve noada be kama shot im rashi amudein al masri al pratay afsakat al shamuchat kakh mudawwa khayton al lawnoni <laughs> במקביל הגיע לבירת מצרים גם צוות אמריקני ושעה בשעות מעטות. מקורות מסרו לעיתון כי המגעים לעסקה עדיין נתקלים בקשיים, בעיקר בנוגע לזהות העשירים הביטחוניים שישוחררו ולהיקף הסיוע ההומניטרי שיוכנס לעזה. המקורות העריחו שייתכן כי בתחילת השבוע הבאה תתקיים פסגה נוספת בקהיר בין הצדדים המשתתפים בטיווך, ואוסיפו כי מצרים ביקשה ערבויות מחמאס בנוגע לשלומם של החטופים, ודרשה לספק להם את התרופות שעוברו לרצועה עבורה. בתוך כך הבוקר הנחית חיל האוויר הירדני סיוע, הכולל מזון ותרופות לתושבי העיר עזה. הארגזים מוצנחו זה היום הרביעי ברציפות על ידי מטוסי חיל האוויר הירדני, שהמריאו כתבנו לענייני ערבים ג'קי חוגי מציין כי לדברי הארמון המלכותי המבצע מנועל אישית על ידי המלך אבדאלה השני היום המאה 47 למלחמה צוות קרב נוסף יצטרף ללחימה בלב חניונס לצד הצוותים הנלחמים תחת עוגדת 98 בשבוע האחרון נלחם צוות הקרב של חטיבה 7 במרחב בו טרם פעלו במערב חניונס והרג במהלך בקרבות פנים אל פנים בעירי אש מהאוויר כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש מוסיף כי במהלך פשיטה על תשתיות טרור באזור עצרו הלוחמים עשרות מחבלים שהתחבאו בתוך בית ספר. במהלך חקירותיהם העצורים סיפקו מידע מודיעיני שהגיע ישירות לכוחות הפועלים בחניונס. במוסקבה החל טקס הלוויה של מנהיג האופוזיציה הרוסית אלכסי נבאלני שמת לפני שבועיים בנסיבות חשודות בעודו במאסר בגיל 47'. כללה נוכחים במקום צועקים את שמו במחאה נגד משטר פוטין שאושם על ידי של נוולני ברציחתו ברקע דיווחים על מסע ומתן לעסקת חילופי עשירים ביועד להשתחרר הטקס נערך בכנסייה בשכונה בהתגורר נוולני במוסקווה ועל מנתו הביאה חשש כי המשטרה תשתמש בהתכנסות תומכיו כדי לבצע מעצרים רק בסוף השבוע שעבר הסכימו הרשויות למסורת את גופתו של נוולני למשפחתו אמו לודמילה נוולניה שישימה אותן בניסיון לכפות עליה טקס סודי ללא קהל. שאלת השתתפות ישראל באירוביזיון. שרת התרבות של גרמניה, קלאודיה רוט, התבטאה בעד המשלחת הישראלית לתחרות, וקראה, זאת תהיה שערוריה עם ישראל תודך. אני אוהבת לראות את האומנים הישראלים בתחרות. דנה אינטרנשיונל העבירה לעולם מסרים של מדינה חופשית ומגוונת, מסרים שחמאס אינו דוגל בהם. לא יכול להיות שאומנים יהודים לא יופיעו בגלל חרם שק כתבת התרבות גיא רימון מוסיפה שבריאיון לעיתון הגרמני דר שפיגל התייחסה שרת התרבות הגרמנית גם לנאום השנוי במחלוקת של יובל אברהם מיוצרי הסרט הישראלי-פלסטיני אין ארץ אחרת שזכה בפרס הדוקו בפסטיבל ברלין. מחתי כפיים בנאום משום שהוא קרא להידברות אבל איני מסכימה עם טענתו שישראל هي מדינת אפרטייד. תחזית מזג האוויר תחול עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות, בעיקר במישור החוף ובשפלה, שם הן תהיינה גבוהות מהרגילה עונה. ייתכן אובח בכל רחבי הארץ. אלה החדשות. (laughs)
2: der hit von schila heimergait zweimal loch in ende zat baglant mit de der licht zusammen beim schabe stich steit in heit tun mit der warm kein shuloi malai khe malai ga ya shuloi malai ha ya mi melg mal gai akudos loch im akudosh burihi akudosh burihi Malachay, <laughs> malachay,
1: JM in the A.M. a Pia pascha done by um our own Burke. That's brand new. Schmuly younger before that was Aleichem Here on JM in the AM. If you missed my conversation with Shmuley Unger last Thursday, make sure to head to the archive section of com or the NSN app. Very, very interesting conversation. Uh, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Feel free. Uh, Harry Rothenberg's words are... Uh, Presented in the Shuls of Erefour Shlaima for Ruchama, Chana Etel Baschava, our dear friend Ruchama Chana Etel Baschava, Harry Rothenberg on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos at J.M. in the A.M.
4: If you compare two passages from before and after the sin of the golden calf, you'll see something fascinating. Beforehand, the people are panicking. They think Moshe's not coming back down from the mountain. They surround Aaron and insist that he create an intermediary between them and God to replace Moshe. And we're told that Aaron asked them for their gold. They brought it right away, and Aaron fashioned it, and they built a golden calf. But then later, Moshe comes down from the mountain, sees the calf and the dancing, smashes the tablets, and then confronts Aaron to ask him what happened. Aaron says, they brought me the gold, I threw it into the fire, and this calf came out. That doesn't sound like what actually happened. And indeed, one commentator says, Aaron lied because he was scared of Moshe. Other commentators disagree vehemently. They say, God forbid, Aaron absolutely did not lie. And they have other explanations. You can take a look. But another commentator doubles down. He says, yes, Aaron changed the story. Why? Because he wanted to take the blame. Instead of telling Moshe the full extent of what they had done, he said, it was all me. I threw the gold in the fire and then the calf came out. But why would Aaron do that? Maybe because, like the first commentator says, he was scared of Moshe, not scared of Moshe's reaction to him or to them. He was scared because he understood that God had not yet decided on a punishment. He had held it in abeyance. Moshe still had to go back up on the mount to beg for forgiveness. The only thing standing between the Jewish people and the annihilation was Moshe, the world's greatest lawyer. And maybe if he knew the full extent of the complicity of the nation, he wouldn't be able to defend them as well. So Aaron took the blame, it was all me. Fascinating, but equally fascinating is the fact that it's thousands of years later, and we're still debating, did Aaron tell a lie or not? What is the big deal? One lie, and the answer is, it is a huge deal, because God in the Torah doesn't just say, don't lie. He says, don't even get close to a lie. Distance yourself from falsehood. And so that's a big deal to tell a lie. And even in the secular courts, we've recognized that. We have witnesses swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Anything less than the whole truth is not the truth. Unfortunately, after taking that oath, witnesses, as often as not, start lying. But we shouldn't. But it's difficult because in today's world, we are surrounded by lies. Go try to get some news these days. I want to scream sometimes. I just want the facts. Can't you tell me what happened and then I'll form my own opinion? Instead, facts disappear. They're buried. They're misrepresented. They're manipulated. All we get is spin from the left and from the right. And that's very difficult. It can rot our souls. We can forget. The truth is not what's most convenient for us, what makes us feel better, what confirms our prior opinions or bias. Truth is truth. And we have to insist on it. Truth The whole truth and nothing but the truth.
0: (laughs) I love you, I I was see the I liga you and I own shabosim tismo irun I didn't know we some lease <laughs> I don't like I know I shashes <laughs> you <laughs> do I don't I know Oh I did it I know devet hogi ai gafots exomo yasvring ve garme lachs ohi I have seen the clam, the sheifer, Mi menu I immesso ho smenuo tutto Ai i <laughs> be
5: The shirve conoda, <imitation> the shir, the shir, the shir, the shirve conoda, the shirve no al eret, head of a shell, he lavot no maso, the zeta is vial
0: I'll see you in Mishkan, I you, she,
5: Ibane, 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 te'male. Ibane, 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 shir, ha.
1: J.M. in the A.M. All right, some nice zmiros on a Friday morning. Era of Shabbos. Piamenta with Tzur Mishalo. You heard Avremal, Avram Fried's Mayadidus. Hooked on zmiros from Mordechai ben David. Welcome to a Friday era of Shabbos. J.M. in the A.M. on this era of Shabbos. Parshas um, Ketisa. candle lighting time in New York five twenty seven. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Again five twenty seven. Candlelighting time in New York. want to take this opportunity to wish a very special Mazel Tov to Adira Barber. Adira Barber is getting married on Sunday. The wedding is scheduled for Sunday. Adira Barber and Yonatan Glicksman. And of course, we wish a special Mazel Tov to the Barber and Glicksman families from all of us here at JM and the AM. And I... I'm going to wish an extra special mazel tov to our dear friend Shirley Weinstein, who is grandmother of the Kala. And to Shirley and you and uh, the entire extended family should have an amazing and incredible celebration, which I'm sure will be Sunday, and send our best to Adira and Yonatan from all of us here at JM in the AM. Pretty amazing. I uh, want to wish a mazel tov to the... Um, to the Gross and Freed families, the Gross family in West Orange, the Freed family, of course, on the Lower East Side. Alex and Paul were married last night. Absolutely beautiful wedding. And um, we wish them a very special mazel tov from all of us here at JM and the Kala's mother. It turns out has been a major fan of JM and the AM for quite a while, and I had the opportunity to thank her for that last night. In addition to uh, Celebrating with the Chatan and Kala and everybody who was uh, gathered together. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Really a beautiful wedding. JM and the AM Friday morning era of Shabbos got a note from uh, listener Sina. You know what that means? Someone's celebrating a birthday somewhere. In this case, I think in Bayswater, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, listener Sina put it in the, you know capital letters in the subject line bayswater is the target of our happy birthday wish this morning super best wishes for a very happy birthday going out to my youngest daughter Sippy schreiber of bayswater wishing you a terrific day and a wonderful year ahead filled with good health simchat and nachas and speaking of nachas thank you for all the nachas from your beautiful kinderloch it was great hosting you and baby ezra come again soon with much love from ima we know her as listener Sina, and the rumor has it that she is still down in the Sunshine State, a very long residency for her. She's been down in Florida for, you know, like many consecutive days at this point. And uh, <coughs> she's shoring up our Florida listenership, by the way. Apparently, the rumor is that every single time listeners, Cena gets the opportunity, she spreads the word in Florida about JM and the AM. That, that's the report that we've been getting. The consistent report that we've been getting from the sunshine state so what can i say other than thank you and you should continue to uh, enjoy all those uh, birthdays in the extended family aja carpool number 204 has checked in from atlanta listener daniel i believe is behind the wheel i would assume so unless one of the kids has really grown up and gotten their license already <laughs> Anyway, uh, thank you, Atlanta. Thank you, AJA Carpool number
6: 204.
1: <laughs> uh, what can I tell you? Anyway, Malcolm line weekly update about, uh, I don't know, five, six, seven minutes away. And plenty more coming up. It is, after all, a Friday morning era of Shabbos. Where would you rather be than with us here at JM in the AM? <laughs>
0: Hollaboy train, the 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 God will be with us. He's always within us. Like the righteous, we can trust that Hashem will be with us. He's always within us. We just need to trust. When we will we be in us. we believe it, Yalzik may i Will be with us, he's always within us. Like the righteous, we can't trust that. Ashad will be with us, he's always within us. We just need to trust. We trust that you answer us too. Show us your loving kindness, and we'll know it's true. We'll turn to you. We'll see the there, I be. I'll see you fico Shama God love to go maleola da tutta una sorrimo dor ha mitgar hayot kadesh veneta bechvod al merkava skhut Chesed ve'rachemim alek vodo. Tovim me'orot Smechim <tries> be-tzitam, Come on. I hope you God a man who smoke, the same with the sea Shamor visa or be bore a me new kill, honey, you hut. Hush the with a sea
1: J.M. in the AM with David Levy. Lachado <laughs> <laughs> O'Dee, Keladon done by Ari Fraser. You heard Ari Goldwagon there, Alat Sadikim, That's brand new here at J.M. in the AM. Candle lighting at uh, <coughs> 527 in New York, 527. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Today is day number 147. That our brothers and sisters have been held in captivity by the enemy. Pray for the hostages and let's pray for their immediate release. Day 147. We're about to start the 21st full Shabbat. Obviously the Shabbat of uh, Shemini Atzeris. The hostages were hostages for only part of that Shabbat. Only, he says. Five minutes of being a hostage must, must be torture. Anyway, um... It is uh, the start soon, will be the start of the 21st full Shabbat that the hostages have been held by the enemy. Pray for them. Pray for our IDF soldiers. Yesterday we had Sergeant Alon in our studio who had spent many, many weeks in Kanyunis. He described what everyone is going through. Lots to pray for, folks. Lots to pray for. Don't forget our friends at jewishworldreview.com. If you're looking for thousands of articles to print out before Shabbos about Israel and the Jewish world, it's a really good resource. Go to jewishworldreview.com and enjoy. Malcolm Honline, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, is back in the United States. He's with us live via telephone for the weekly update. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. I
7: appreciate it more than you. Over the last few weeks when we interviewed, us, I could see, over the old city of Jerusalem. But I'm glad to be back here in New York and with
1: you. I appreciate that. I'll make sure that the Mayor Adams does not hear that uh, that you'd prefer the view over there compared to where you might be in the five boroughs right now.
7: Well, considering some of the things being done against him, he might prefer to be there too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yes, he needs one of those mayoral, 48-hour mayoral visits to the Holy Land. They come in very handy sometimes, to say the least. All right, we uh, we heard about the uh, two murders. Again, our best and our brightest, taken from us by the enemy in L.E. The, the most, I mean, it's pretty disturbing, frankly, Malcolm, the entire episode and the the lack of security personnel at an interchange at L.E., which is, you know, pretty... A pretty hot area, of course, when it comes to the potential for a terror attack. But all that aside for a moment, the perpetrator, the terrorist, was a member of the PA police force. Do I have that right? Yes.
7: What's it's the not the first time yeah. that was the case, and unfortunately, has been uh, we've had repeated incidents of people who were employed by PA and especially by the PA police force uh, engaging in these terrorist attacks. And you're right about security situation, but we know how stretched the forces are. And thank God there was somebody there who the uh, person who eliminated the terrorists was on home leave, had just finished a tour in Gaza and was able to uh, neutralize the terrorists quickly. But unfortunately, two very remarkable a young boy, uh, 16 and a half, and a man who volunteered as uh, uh, with uh, Atsala and uh, Uh, in many other capacities, according to all the reports on him.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, if that's the case, in fact, that it's a lack of manpower that does not allow Israel and its security forces to keep military personnel in areas like that, or at least, you know, on patrol in areas like that, then I I guess that's another uh, uh, avenue that has been weakened because of the war you know yesterday we had sergeant alone in here he's a farmer he's describing what it's like being a lone farmer which he is he takes care of the farm by himself and sells the product to distributors and wholesalers etc and he described what so many hundreds of farmers around israel are going through and the ripple effect that it has on the entire economy of israel And now you just explained to us a ripple effect of having so much manpower, not a criticism, it's necessary, in places near Gaza and up north, and basic security that we've gotten used to in certain areas is simply not available.
7: Well, I'm not sure whether in normal circumstances security is posted at those locations, and more times than not, the locals have to fill in, and it's a reason why many of them have argued for greater arms being provided to them for their self-defense. And you saw the testimony this week where the, the attacks against the settlers and the demonization process that has been ongoing is really not valid. There are always exceptions, people who act excessively. But the the demonization, the blanket condemnations, the even selecting out for special sanctions... Uh, creates a, a a really distorted picture of uh, both the daily life and the the strains that they operate under, living peacefully, trying to live peacefully and productively in their homes.
1: Yeah, well said to say the least. Really good. Um, all right, we're pro- it's March first. This deadline, whether it's real or not, and whether it's March tenth, eleventh, twelfth, whether it's era of Ramadan, Ramadan itself, whatever, whatever deadline. Uh, it is looming out there, seems to be more prominent than any of us would ever, uh, you know, give to it in terms of prominence. But certainly it seems that the president of the United States, no one, you know, less powerful than him and others are using it as a deadline for a possibility of a ceasefire and a hostage deal. We'll get to the effect that yesterday's activity in Gaza may or may not have had. On the ceasefire, but today, right now, in terms of the negotiating table, and with that "quote-unquote" deadline looming, are we any closer to a ceasefire slash hostage deal?
7: Any closer? Uh, there may have been incremental moves, but we are not close to a deal yet. It's not impossible for it to happen. The Israeli negotiators came back. The uh, you know the Palestinians wanted the PA, the the Hamas. All of them want to see this stretched on. They want to keep raising the pressure on Israel. They see the international community ganging up on Israel. And as you noted, the incident yesterday will certainly exacerbate that. But overall, we've seen it. And they believe that, you know, the longer they stretch, the more the the pressure will be on Israel to make a deal, to give excessive releases uh, for terrorists, to to, um, extend the terms. And, of course, the, the the their side wants to see this turned into a permanent uh, ceasefire before Israel has an opportunity to finish their job to take care of what's going on in Rafa. And you see, again, the launching of missiles, even from within Gaza itself, that Israel has still more to do because it's so entrenched in a situation. They discover a, a tunnel that runs miles. That was uh, that unbelievable. Was that was outfitted unbelievable. in in the most extreme way, Nahum, you can't imagine the luxurious accommodations for the for Sinwar and his people inside, and the technological equipment. And they they chase him from one site to the other, but this was one they didn't even know about. And think of all the money. When they talk about the starvation in Gaza, who's responsible? <laughs> they took all of the billions in aid and and invested in these tunnels. Cost a fortune to build, let alone all the weapons that they've stockpiled, let alone the infrastructure that they put into it. And not into the people, and and yesterday's incident was a, a reflection of the same thing, the so, same
1: pattern. Yeah, that's why I wanted to discuss it separately because I was curious what the nature of the incident was. If Israel, in fact, has a military presence there, and there's a distribution which causes some type of chaos, some types of some type of havoc among the residents who are desperately trying to get a hold of some food and supplies, I, I would think that that Israel's military would be able to immediately take care of that situation were they caught off guard are they really not stationed there but had to come in when they saw a riot ensue what were the circumstances
7: so Israeli tanks were at this checkpoint at the, and the trucks that came in with the aid like other trucks before are raided by Hamas who take a, a significant portion of it and they sell it to distributors they make money off of it after taking care of their families and their and the leaders' families. They then sell the aid and the people are re, are reacting to it. And that's why they mob the trucks, trying to get to them before the Hamas rips off the significant part of it or takes control of the entire trucks. And the Israelis were stationed nearby. If it were up to me, I don't know why they just didn't pull out. It's not their right. responsibility to, to, to protect to, the to, truck. Right. The supervised distribution. Right. Uh, the And, and you know, it was part of hundreds of trucks that were going in, and the people, frustrated as they are, raid these things, whether they then sell it themselves or use it for their own purposes, I can't say, but that was what happened. And many of the people were run over as the trucks came in because they were mobbing the trucks. The, the Palestinians and the Hamas fired on the people because they were trying to take control of the goods, and it was only at the end— when the crowd, the people started surging against the going to the tanks. And we know that once they have access to the tanks, they carried out brutal attacks. So the Israelis, uh, you know, fired warning shots and afterwards fired at the legs. And only several people of those who who were supposedly killed there and injured there were victims of Israeli fire. The bulk were because of of what happened with the, the fire and the shooting that came from the Hamas and the uh, pa- and Palestinians and being run over by the trucks and being trampled by each other as they were uh, running towards uh, the trucks, stampeding near the trucks.
1: Al- already there are people. I mean, already it was right on the spot. There are people that are uh, conjecturing that yesterday's episode, to whatever degree you want to blame Israel, is going to be a hurdle for a uh, for a ceasefire. Agreement? Does that make sense? That yesterday could be, uh, you know, could could block any type of hostage deal.
7: I don't think that will necessarily block it. I think it will add leverage and raise the price, perhaps. Because they know that they have the international community, they see CNN and BBC right away takes a side without having the facts, without having the information. They build up international opposition. The administration calls for investigations. Everybody else calling for investigations of this, even implying that Israelis were responsible for it before they have any of the facts on it. And and I think everybody should just hold their fire. the The facts will come out clearly. There, are, you saw the uh, air, aerial shots taken by. Uh, various drones, which showed the pattern of the people moving, which is exactly consistent with what Israel has said. Uh, but I do think it will have an impact and it will it will add to the to the pressurized situation that existed.
1: What about when the president of the United States tosses out a, uh, you know, his own conjecture about a deadline or about uh, his feeling about when this deal is going to happen? He basically said, you know, I think he said Monday on you know, Monday that we hope to have a deal. Does that raise the price for each hostage when the president of the United States makes a global public statement like that?
7: It certainly could, but I think, you know, any deadline saying that we have to get this done by Ramadan, we have to get it done, yep. you know, by this Monday, next Monday, all of those things, you know, are not the way you conduct negotiations. All you do is empower the most extreme elements yep. by that. And I think the, the, uh, there's a certain degree of naivete, there's a certain degree of sloppiness in, in the reporting because then you have to back off of it and say, well, we didn't mean this Monday, we meant that this was uh, aspirational and we hope in the coming days. And, and that puts Israelis at a disadvantage when you're dealing with negotiators who don't care. They say that the more deaths in Gaza, the better it is for them. The more people get killed, they're not interested in the safety and security of the Gazans or, or any of the Palestinian populations. Israel does much more to, out of concern for them and so the 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 uh, this approach doesn't
1: All righty looks like we may have just we may have just lost Malcolm but hopefully we'll get him back in a moment. Oh. Wow, we actually have the ringing live on the air. Malcolm are you back? Hello. Yes, you're live on the air. I'm go, here. Right,
7: go right ahead continue please. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, what what I was saying is that the, you know, the, the you have to understand the nature of negotiations and what you're dealing with. All of the pressure should be be put on Qatar, to say we stop funding you guys. We're not going to do any more for you. We're we're going to stop also our funding of universities in America that are you know the hostile right. programs here. But that's a sideshow. That the the pressure should be on all of the all of the Arab countries should be putting pressure on them and saying. We're not going to support you. We're going to demand you either live up to your requ- the requirements and meet it, make a deal. Because Israel clearly indicated right. it is prepared for a ceasefire.
1: I agree with everything you're saying, but I wish, I hope, I hope you're right that on the American side, it's not and sloppiness because it does seem calculated. The statements about settlements. The brand new U.S. settlement policy, obviously, compared to the Trump administration, you know, the press reported it has a brand new policy. Um, What we just indicated about by Monday, we'll have a deal. Um, The fear that some pundits are saying is happening in the White House right now about the Michigan situation this week and the way the electorate there handled the Democratic primary. You, you toss it all together. I hope it's naivete and sloppiness. I don't think so. I think it's calculated every one of these statements, frankly. Uh,
7: I wasn't saying all of this. I'm saying that there are elements in terms of some of the statements that are made and then they backtrack and say, Well, we didn't mean exactly that. Didn't. And it's by the way, it's true of everybody today. Right. Um and because the twenty four hour cycle anybody can say anything and then it becomes, you know, the position of governments, et cetera. Uh I think that we have to look at the actions and what they do. Right now, we have eight packages pending, which we hope the administration will will push. Congress will push. We'll make sure that it happens. Uh, unfortunately, to separate out Israel doesn't look like it's going to be a, a workable strategy, uh, because Israel's aid package would pa- would pass by itself, but not t- tied into the other uh, to the, the southern border and Ukraine and all of the other encumbering inc- count- uh, elements. But I think we do see a shift in the language we see mostly from State Department. Uh, and and the um, and I think that the NSC has taken somewhat of a different tone. But you have to look at the actions on the ground and see where they are. They're still standing up in the U.N. and against the ICJ, et cetera. But when the Europeans and others see that their position on Israel weakens by the United States, that is a signal to them. They are all looking for the chance to jump on that bandwagon.
1: Yeah, no, I got that. Did, did the Michigan and again we joke, I joke at least that uh, you know the one thing God can't do is change election day um, and when it is. Did the Michigan thing bother you this week? Did you did you, did you get the feeling that this would be a significant uh, move and a push in a really important swing state that might urge the White House to change or alter its policies?
7: Uh. I'd be uh, untruthful if I said that it didn't bother me, and it didn't. It's not a concern that we raised that they increased the political leverage to say, in a, you know, an a state where he won by one hundred fifty thousand votes, hundred thousand people, you know, voted non committed. But it doesn't mean it was because of this issue. And the fact is that percentage wise, it was less than last time mm. of the non committed vote. And second of all, we'll take a look on the other side, the Harris Harvard poll that came out that showed yeah. overwhelmingly. The American people stand with Israel. They they support Israel. They blame Hamas. By the no way, if I by was no a way, presidential candidate, <laughs> yeah. that would be my platform. I, not. I, I'm, hoping,
1: I'm hoping you're right. That that's how the White House views that. But that, that, those numbers, which I was really happy to see, and you've really you've hinted to those types of numbers over the last few weeks. I don't know. I thought they were a little too high, frankly, because unless the enemy is just making so much noise in the streets of major cities that, you know, I'm thinking half of America's, you know, wants to see the end of Israel. Uh, but if those numbers are anything close to accurate, that's
7: amazing. It is amazing, and I did say it because it is reflected in other polls and other studies. Because, and the media only cares about the man bites dog. And when you can write that, you know, people are critical of Israel or some, some percentage are angry at Israel, ask those young people who are demonstrating and the thousands are marching in the streets. They know nothing. They don't know which river, what sea, what they're doing. They're being manipulated. And we know that now that foreign funding has been involved, we know the um, domestic funding, we know that this is a manipulated process. And the universities are still not doing enough, though some have stepped up. We have a lot of lawsuits pending against universities that will expose a lot of the organized nature of, of these activities. But that is not where the bulk of the American people are. And thank God we have tens of millions of friends in the Christian community, in other communities, and you even see Muslims, Americans who have stood up at demonstrations holding signs that we stand with Israel, we stand with our Jewish friends they know how dangerous it is they They've lived under these kind of guys yeah. they know what it means to, for for hamas to be victorious is a greater threat to more to the arab countries immediately than it is to israel and we had better shape our policy with much more determination you know we haven't talked about iran for a while but just look at the latest reports this week from the international atomic energy agency where they're saying hamas is racing towards its capacity to build a nuclear a weapon and they say it—it it is. A, well, I think the term they used was "alarming trajectory" to get to nuclear weapons. That means all of the aspects of it: the stockpiling, the process, the weaponization, all of that. And and they—they they said that they believe that they have ongoing nuclear um, uh, work on nuclear weapons at several sites, but they're not giving access. And where's the international community not censuring them, not taking action actions for their failure to cooperate? And uh, we have a meeting next week of the Board of Governors. We'll see if they are willing and have the guts to take a stand on this. And we c- they can impose deadlines. They can impose sanctions. But the director general of the IEA has come out and, and pushed for, for, they must push for a censor resolution at the very least and really start to act. And yet all of these things go by and all they're targeting is whether about Israel and a few people, that they you know, living in in Yehuda and Shamron or or elsewhere. It doesn't mean that if people do wrong, they shouldn't be held to account. Anybody should be held to account. But that's not what's happening. And it's there's a demonization process that then resounds here in America in those street demonstrations. They get encouraged by it, and the 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 uh, distorted and misrepresentations in the news. Only feed that more.
1: Yeah, and the violence and the tactics of those demonstrations are just sickening, frankly, and that probably adds to the impression that there's so much support for them in this country. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and com and the MalcolmSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app, Malcolm Homeline, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish organizations. When the prime minister of the Palestinian Authority resigns, does it matter?
7: Nobody knows who he is. So I mean, but uh, look, it matters in the sense that this is uh, throwing down a a, a gauntlet uh, and indicative of a re- reformulation of the PA, which will then be said to sat you know as a as a sop to the West and others demanding. That the PA, which hasn't had an election in what 17 years, 15 years, and wh- whose leader is out of touch, uh, is, is 82, 84, or five years old, um, had a four-year term, and now he's in the 17th year of that, or 18th, in, and the the pressure of the and and the demonstrated failure of the of the PA not only in Gaza, but even in the West Bank, where we see Hamas gaining, where you see the, the, the violence of what the what Israel has uncovered in the raids. Think if they hadn't done these preemptive raids over the last six months, what the situation would be today when those weapons manufacturing facilities uh, would have been operating for, for another six months, when the collection of weapons, all the things that Israel has uncovered and been able to counter the arrests of terrorists. Yeah. Think if that hadn't happened. The P-8 does nothing on it. So now... They're saying, well, we he resigned, and we're going to now look to form a new government. Well, the new government is going to be a sham also, and the Palestinian people, nor anyone else really has confidence in what's going to emerge from that.
1: Uh, this SIM card controversy, if I understand it right, right before the attack, um, uh, the enemy coming in from Gaza switched their SIM cards to Israeli SIM cards in their phones so this was this resulted in what? what 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 um deterrent was this for Israeli uh, intelligence? And do I have it right? Is that essentially what they did?
7: Essentially, the night before they switched many SIM cards, many of their phones with Israeli SIM cards, which means that Israel could was tracking Palestinian uh, conversations and stuff. Uh, now they were dealing with Israelis, Israeli uh, phone numbers, in which they probably couldn't do the same. And the um, and again, it's it's being pointed to as an intelligence failure, though it does seem that um, this has been discussed for quite a while, just not publicly reported. It was uh. embargoed, uh, and will be again part of the post facto. Uh, uh, investigations and the accusations already about who knew what and when they knew it is already it's diverting attention from what i think is the immediate objective right now and that is a united front against uh, the uh, assaults and the international pressure but it's uh, you know another troubling sign that has to be assessed
1: did you watch the uh, prime minister netanyahu press conference yesterday i did not uh, so he, first of all, he compared his, his situation to Ben-Gurion and Levi and Golda Meir. Uh, it sounds to me, and again, I, you and I are not going to discuss this in depth because I don't think we're ever going to agree. I think that... Uh, uh, people are clear about how how you want this to proceed. You don't think it's necessary for him to leave office now until uh, until the right time, so to speak. And as you've expressed, then of, then all the investigations and the uh, and the look at what happened October seventh and be, and before that and after that can be examined. I, I of course have a completely different point of view. I called for his resignation immediately the morning after the attack. Uh, it does seem from this press conference yesterday, however that now he's, he does feel like his back is against the wall. He's going back in history defending his own record. He's bringing in past prime ministers to try to defend his current activities and record. And it, and it sounds, and, it, and especially with the way he approached the whole Haredi draft issue, that if you know we don't come to this compromise, the government will fall. I don't know if the majority of the people listening to that press conference, both government and citizens, really care at this point if the government falls or not? I know what you feel about him, but do you think that he sounds more desperate this week than he has?
7: I, I don't know how to measure that. I did meet with him and I had conversations with him, but um, look, he's under immense pressure. No matter what, the, the the you can't, in the middle of a war like this, go through an election process, or if some sort of a transition could take place maybe collective government maybe some broader coalition i i don't see it happening i don't know that it could happen but the um you know you have to think of the stability of the country he is trying now to defend himself he feels that he is under assault from so many you know different uh, directions certainly israeli media you can't say is fair in their portrayal of him um i think he's made a lot of mistakes in terms of uh you know, having to correct whether in fact he knew about the um, the telephone things, like other things that uh, have come up. You know, those are all things that will be judged, and he will be held to account by the people of Israel and by whatever process follows. Uh, certainly, I think there will be an election after the the war, but till then, right now, we need as united a front as possible, and I hope that the divisions of the past will not be allowed to to resurface at this time, and that people. Who have other political objectives, not the interest of the state at heart, will not be able to take advantage of it.
1: Um, the next evac, the uh, the um, next deadline, it seems, for evacuees from the north is now pushed to July. Is it possible that we're we're going to be approaching one year where people are displaced from the northern part of Israel from their homes?
7: So, as you know, some of the people from the south have already gone home. Right. And more are slated to go home. Some of the schools opened in State road. There is some return to normality, although we did see, again, missiles being fired uh, at them. The situation in the north, obviously, is very different. And there are many homes that have been destroyed or badly damaged. There are uh, other, um, you know, uh, threats that are continuing to mount from the Lebanese border, and nobody can tell what the escalation will be, what Iran's objectives are, to what degree Hezbollah will be willing to, to continue the provocations. And then when Israel feels that uh, it can no longer accept the the status quo, the situation, uh, and the daily tit-for-tat exchanges, you know, they, they, they're shooting these uh, RPGs, which are are destroying homes and buildings, even though the people aren't even there. Yep and and the you know, the situation at some point becomes intolerable. and people do want to get home. their The economic life has come to a standstill. how How long can you keep people in in these various locations? I met with them several times during my visits in Israel, and you know, it's it's heartbreaking. and they're they're just yearning to go home to their farms, which, as you know, there was one chicken farm that thousands and thousands of chickens were killed by a rpg that uh, rocket that rammed right into it and burnt most of them to death uh it's it's it you know the damage is ongoing it doesn't stop just because the people aren't there and the farms etc like the people in the south and how many people who are listening have gone there and to volunteer to collect strawberries to pick up other fruit and more should go we need they need the manpower to collect the harvest uh it's it's vital to their survival it's vital to the food supply for Israel which it's also, you know, can be endangered when uh, imports are harder, when they, you know, they can't come through the Red Sea, normal Red Sea route. Uh, all of these are factors we don't take into account. When you go to a yeah. hotel, you don't notice any shortages.
1: Oh, that's for sure. Malcolm, uh, if, if someone who's a casual observer of the news, um, you know, who, does, who doesn't really follow things the way people listening to this show follow things when it comes to Israel, what a casual observer would say to you today, uh, Mr. Homeline, it seems Israel's in a full-scale war in the South. Is Israel at war in the North? What's the answer to that question, is Israel at war in the North?
7: Yes. For sure. Because it, the, the press doesn't treat it that way. But and, it's not a full-scale war in the fact that you don't have troops crossing borders, but you have rockets crossing borders. You have... Uh, you know, untold numbers of, of missiles in a single day, 60, 70 could be fired in a single day by Hezbollah. And remember, they have 150,000. They have, you know, literally unlimited supplies and many of them are precision guided missiles. And they fire the RPGs because the Iron Dome can't take them out. They fly a too low a trajectory. But they will fire if they decide a whole range of things. And they keep saying that they are, um, you know, that they are containing, and they're directing it. and the the responses are really just targeted responses to specific locations. And they've taken out some of the leadership. They have done some damage. I think the um, international community, uh, and hopefully the United States will play an important role in sending messages to Iran that if they if they continue to escalate this, that they they will make it clear that was why the presence of the aircraft carriers were so important that we have to continue to communicate the message that Israel won't be in this alone, that uh, that, they, that uh, they will not tolerate Iran expanding it there as they have, uh, you know, in the Red Sea with the Houthis. And though the United States and England have, have responded, the fact that they can continue to carry out these aggressive and terrorist actions is very disturbing.
1: Do you think this Netanyahu Haredi draft compromise is going to go through?
7: I have no idea. It's become again an emotional issue, even though I thought things had healed a lot during the war and with the extensive chesed that was being done. And I know I've heard it from countless soldiers on the fronts uh, where I was almost every day in the last weeks. Um, but the uh, you know the the tone is somewhat moderated, but but it has to be addressed, and there has to be some sort of a of a. Uh, hopefully that an accommodation can be worked out between them. I thought that, it's the
1: uh, I, I thought it was the Supreme Court that exacerbated things by basically demanding a deadline for this issue.
7: Well, they said th- that does exacerbate it. Uh, once you have a deadline, I think th- having a deadline during a war is um, you know more complicated. But and probably fair. The, 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 account- yeah. the, the counter side is. That you know, because the war underscores the need for manpower, etc. I think there's a lot of manpower that can be uh, drafted. I think that there are ways to have resolutions and things that have to be done by the government and the army to to facilitate it for those who want that. Uh, I've spoken to some important Jewish leaders in Israel, religious leaders, who are more inclined towards some sort of a, of a reconciliation. Uh, But not a a full draft, and especially not of women. Understood.
1: Where is Sinwar and what is room six?
7: So Sinwar is uh, hiding, uh, as the rat he is, underneath the, uh, in the tunnel system. He moves from place to place, and the latest location, which they called room six, uh, was uh, outfitted very extensively and was not known, I think, prior. It had many escape routes, uh, hatches, you know, that lead to connecting tunnels. So they can move him quickly around from one sector to the other. They know where the Israeli forces are generally. And uh, each time that they came close to it, he quickly was moved to another location. And it's believed that he's surrounded by hostage families. Unbelievable.
1: I remember when I was a kid, somebody was trying to joke with us that... um the New York City subway system, because of its tunnels, you know, has basically made, you know, all of Manhattan hollow. And, that you know, at some point, Manhattan's just going to collapse. Obviously, it was a joke, but it's a, a funny visual. Uh, it Basically, the same thing in Gaza. Now, with this incredible north-south tunnel system they discovered this week, what you just described, in terms of how he gets around underground throughout the entire region, basically, Gaza's going to collapse. It's hollow underneath already
7: and and by the way the same thing is true in the north along the israeli border with lebanon it's been built m- much longer than the hamas uh, for, uh, uh, b- before the hamas tunnels it's been in existence for a long time it covers most of the underground in the region and uh, as they have secundered every school every mosque every uh, and every other house to be a a base for their rockets that they have thinking that israel will not hit civilian populations uh the so the Hezbollah situation is even more complex uh, for many reasons but um i think the and israel hitting in syria indicates that the flow of weapons you know had to be stopped and the militias that are operating there that israel's operating and these are all iranian fronts these are all the 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 uh, sinews of, of iran's monstrous uh, structure as is Hezbollah, as is Hamas, as is Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and that has to be the target first and foremost. But the think of all the money that went into these tunnels. When they talk about the poverty of the Palestinian people, they could have been fed for a decade just on the cost of these tunnels. Yeah, of course.
1: Malcolm, last Sunday, by total coincidence, not that there's anything as a coincidence as we know, uh, I met up with um, a group of uh, Israeli amputees. Uh, many of them obviously became amputees during the war and they were visiting the United States, I think essentially just to sort of take a mental break for a few days from the trauma that they experienced in Israel. Well understood. And I made the comment, you can imagine how I'm standing there in awe of these heroes. And I make the comment uh, to generally, uh, wow, there's so many Jewish heroes. And one of the women who was sitting in her wheelchair, says to me, yeah, there are too many Jewish heroes. And Malcolm, the price that is being paid by the Jewish people throughout the last few months is frankly gargantuan, and sometimes we have to stop, especially those of us in other parts of the world, in the diaspora, and remember what type of sacrifices are being made so we
7: could feel safe and luxurious anywhere in this globe. And, And think of the families that lost a husband, a wife, I mean, dozens, maybe 100 families, lost at least one, parent and and the when you take the soldiers into account when you t- see the births of children whose pa- fathers are already not with us anymore and the courageous women how they 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 respond to interviews and stand up proudly smiling with their newborns knowing the burden that they will carry when you think of the thousands of wounded thousands and so many amputees i too went to the hospitals i visited them it's it's, and, and it's amazing because they give you chizuk. They, they are so concerned. They, give, they say they only want to go back and fight with their unit. They want to be back there. One of the guys I saw at an army base had, had lost sight in one of his eyes, and yet he was back at the front with his unit <laughs> and insisting on being there. And, and, you know, he said, I can't do everything, but I can do a lot. And, I'm, I'm and, laughing
1: because Sergeant Alone was sitting in this studio yesterday, got injured in the stomach, and within days was back with his uh, troop. And this is this is something people here
7: can't understand and right. don't don't relate military, to the Military that, people here can't understand it. The devotion, exactly the the devotion to the state that that so little is asked of us to do in response to this, to be part of this, to to uh, you know take take our part in this. It's just it's essential that people focus. On the sacrifices that are being made, so that we can have a Jewish state, so we can go to Jerusalem and and enjoy it, that we can be part of the Jewish uh, of the Jewish experience, the Jewish miracle, that the the price is so high. You think of how many families are are long term going to be impacted? How many children being raised without a parent uh, and w- w- losing grandparents, losing others in the in this process? Some that lost two children or or two cousins and in in the same families. The burden is amazing, and so that's why I'm so opposed to divisiveness and the internal struggling and fighting. When you see such heroism, it puts on us the obligation, put aside the differences, stand together, united, we must defeat this enemy. It's an enemy against all of us, and then we can talk about all these other issues later. Understood.
1: I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and we'll speak again next week.
7: Musician,
1: be well. Malcolm Holmline, Conference of Presidents, Major American Jewish Organizations. J.M. and the A.M., Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Candlelighting Time at 5.27 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are, 5.27 in New York. Mazal Tov to those who have completed Maseches Baba Kama and Hatzlach HaRabah, good luck, to those who are starting Maseches Baba Metziah in the one-page-per-day Talmud study that we call Dafyomi. Today is day number 147. Dedicate the Siyum to the... Uh, to those who have fallen, dedicate to see him to the, uh, to the quick Yeshua, the quick redemption, please God, of the hostages that are being held by the enemy. It's day one, n- number 147 since Shemini Atzeres. And we are about to start the 21st consecutive full Shabbat that the hostages are in the hands of the enemy. Keep all of this in mind. I beg all of you, please, let's keep all of this in mind and ask your rabbis to uh, address these issues and keep them at the forefront it's the least we could do. Great weekend programming here on the Nachum Segal Network, including Matis and JM Sunday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. This coming Sunday morning, tomorrow night, it's Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler. Saturday night, Siegel, beginning at 9 p.m. Make sure to be tuned in. And, of course, um, today, starting at 10 a.m., it's Mark Zamek and the Arab Shaba Show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. No better way to start your Shabbos than with the Erev Shabbos experience that we and our friends at Kedem provide every single Friday on the Nachum Siegel Network. This time each every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader emeritus, congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Udin Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev
8: Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Kisisa. Parshas Kisisa, which according to the Chinuch contains nine mitzvos, five positive and four restrictions, is one of those most challenging parshios in the Torah whereby we encounter annually the sin of the golden calf, that the Jewish people commit 40 days after the revelation at Sinai, and the question comes up each and every year, how could they do it? Not an easy answer, but I'd like to suggest one this morning. Now, interestingly, the Torah has the term Zakhira to remember six times in conjunction with six different mitzvos, events, including to remember Yetzirah Mitzrayim, to remember the revelation at Sinai, to remember Amalek's attack on B'nai Yisrael, and the fourth of these remembrances is found in Devarim, chapter 9, pasuk 7, remember, don't forget, how you angered Hashem in the desert. And the rabbis tell us that this refers to the sin of the idolatry, the sin of the Maaseh Egel, and the question is how? How could B'nai Yisrael do this? And after all we find the prohibition of idolatry dispersed throughout the Torah including in the Ten Commandments what is this verse reminding us how is it that we quote anger Hashem final two, by the way, are to remember Miriam and to remember the Shabbos. So I'd like to focus on two words which I think will be a significant clue as to what might be the terrible aspect of this Chet Egel. Moshe comes down from the mountain, he had spent 40 days on the mountain with Hashem learning the oral law and he comes down, sees the Jewish people dancing around the golden calf the priceless luchos tablets are in his hands, Moshe breaks the tablets, be it that he deems the people unworthy for them be it to lessen the nature of their sin by as if tearing up the marriage contract between Hashem and the Jewish people, Moshe breaks the luchos and we're taught in chapter 32 verse 30 vahimi Moharas. On the next day, Moshe El Ha'om, Moshe says to the people, Atem chatosem You have committed a grievous, a terrible sin. The interesting point I'd like you to focus on is that the word hate sin, most often is used in the masculine form. Here the Torah uses chata'ah, gedolah, really two extra letters making it in the feminine form, the he at the end. And the question is why the usage of the feminine chata'ah, gedolah, a great sin and not chait gado. And I'd like to demonstrate that the usage of the feminine oftentimes teaches the nature of the sin. As for example, we find at the end of Parsha Shoftim, where the Torah speaks about the laws of Eglor Arufa, very quickly, if we find a dead body in Eretz Yisrael, then we don't know who the murderer was. So the Torah prescribes a very exact procedure, and at the end of this procedure, the elders of that city, which is closest to the corpse that was found, the elders recite, "Yodenu lo shofchu ez hadam hazeh Our hands did not spill this blood, and the rabbis ask, Rashi brings it, "Um, could anybody have thought that the elders of the city, they were responsible for the murder, but the answer is in the feminine. we did not neglect to ask, to accompany the murderer, the, the one who was found murdered, to accompany him outside the city. We did not neglect to give him food and provisions that he would not be open to pray by bandits, etc. The idea is that which is we did not spill, should be spelled Shin, Fe, Chof, Vav. Instead, the Torah spells it Shin, Fe, Chof, He. Again, in the feminine form, teaching that it's the passive so we were not passive in regard to this murder. We did what we were supposed to do. When the Torah teaches at the end of Parsha's Bo that you are to put tefillin on your arm, the Torah says, Yodrcha is spelt yud dalid final chaf. With three letters. Here it is spelt in the last verse in Parsha's bow, four letters. Yudalit chaf hei. Once again, with that feminine Hey at the end, teaching us two words, yad keha, that filling is to be placed on the weaker hand. Ah, oh, again, the inactive. The theme regarding the feminine and he at the end is clearly saying that it's not in our situation when Moshe says, Atem chatem khatullah, you have done a grievous sin. It's not a sin of action as to what you have done, it's rather a sin of passivity, a sin of inaction that you Committed, because after all, how many men are there that left Egypt? Torah teaches us in Parshas Bo, approximately six hundred thousand men. How many participate in the sin of the golden calf? In chapter thirty-two, verse twenty-nine, the Torah tells us about three thousand men. Three thousand out of six hundred thousand is one half of one percent. So really we can say, Moshe is saying, whoa, whoa, at first glance Hashem, why are you so upset? Why are you saying that they're always going to be when the Jewish people unfortunately have to be punished there's always going to be a little bit of punishment from the golden calf come on why look at the cup being so few who have done this, look at the great majority, look at the 597,000 that did not worship the golden calf. And the answer is, explains the Zohar in Chalik Bays, chapter 191b, the Zohar says, two words, shalom michu, the sin of the people was not that they participated, only a very small minority did, but they did not stop, they did not protest, they did not fulfill that which the Torah says in Parshas Gedoshim, in chapter 19, in verse 18, where the Torah says, No, it's 17, where the Torah says, You shall rebuke your fellow who unfortunately is doing something wrong. And if not, the Torah continues, You should not bear a sin. If you do not stop him, if you do not protest, then part of the sin that they are committing is on your account. And therefore, I'd like to explain the following. At the very beginning of the parsha, we know that the Jewish people are asked to donate a half a shekel. The half a shekel was used to purchase communal sacrifices, and then the Torah Repeats the expression, to atone for your souls. And most of the commentaries say, What is the atonement that the Torah is asking for? What did you do wrong? And the answer is, it refers to the sin of the chayta ego, the sin of the golden calf, so wait a minute, the sin of the golden calf, we just saw a moment ago that the great majority did not participate in the actual sense of dancing, of attributing any divinity to it, so why is it that they have to bring an atonement? For their soul. And the answer is, as this Zohar says, shalom miru. They did not protest. And because they are, did not protest, they participated, you can say, in half the sin. Therefore, they have to bring a half a shekel. This is the strong language of the Zohar. And this is teaching us a very powerful lesson. I believe that this has to speak to all of us who, thank God, are committed Torah-observant Jews. While we are so proud of our growing Jewish observant communities with all the amenities of what a Jewish community needs. Outside of these bastions of strong Jewish commitment, we find communities where the rate of assimilation and intermarriage is nothing less than horrific. And we have to take the initiative to reach out and to try to literally save so many brothers and sisters that unfortunately are going and leaving the Jewish fold. What can we do? So there are certain things already in place that do have positive results. First of all, Dovramelech says until in 34, literally contemplate and see that God is good. But the the literal meaning of the word ta'amu is taste. Give them a taste of Judaism. Give them a taste of Shabbos. Invite them to your Shabbos table. And by giving them a taste of Shabbos, they see literally what they can enjoy, they see what they are missing, and very often positive relationships develop. Moreover, urge your synagogue to have Shabbos across your town. Open the synagogue and let there be Friday night meals between the members of the observant members, and the not yet observant members of the community. Join programs such as the idea of learning with families who are not yet knowledgeable. Amazing, when you have these have Russos, when you have these connections between those who know and those who don't know yet, the results are oftentimes very significant, not only in terms of the knowledge, but in terms of the Jewish practice that comes out therefrom. Let it not be said of our generation, as Moshe did say to the Partis- to the rest of Kla Yisrael, atem chatosem, chato'o gedola. you sinned a grievous sin, but you're not protesting. We have to do everything we can to make sure that Am Yisrael, Kla Yisrael, Torah Yisrael stays strong. Silence n- might be golden, but unfortunately, not to bring about a golden calf. Shabbat Shalom
2: to all. Tomorrow night's going to be Leil Shabbos. Tell you a little Lil Shabbos story. shop Shabbos Kodesh He wanders on in Stands in the back As the tefillois begin The mystical
0: words of Le There's something
2: about that sweet melody
0: Invited for
2: dinner Zemirois they sing Infusing his soul With the joy that they bring Closing his eyes, his heart starts to soar Perhaps we can sing that sweet song once more Everyone oh.
1: J.M. and the A.M. with Baruch Levine, brand new from his Kumsitz album with Einarach and Lachad Odi. Thanks for joining us, J.M. the A.M. Friday, Erev Shabbos. We got a report from Israel uh, regarding an episode in Kanyunis uh, this afternoon. But we cannot um, verify. It doesn't seem like there's any news story and any news source about it. Obviously, if we find out anything before 9 a.m. Eastern Time from an official, reputable news source, we will pass it along to you. Uh, but we continue to pray for our soldiers there in a very dangerous situation constantly. We continue to pray for our soldiers and hope for their safe return every single day. Friday morning, hour of Shabbos on this very first day of March. Imagine that. 21st day in the month of Adur 1. 527 candle lighting time in New York. 527. Candle lighting time in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Um, again, 527 in New York. No matter where you are around the globe, make sure you know when things start where you are. Mark Zomik, Erev Shabbos show, coming up at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on the Nahum Siegel Network, J.M. and the A.M. Uh, I should say after J.M. and the A.M. at 10 o'clock Eastern time, brought to you by our wonderful friends at Kedem. That's the Erev Shabbos show. Um... Of Rummy with Herbie Eliezer's Wickler tomorrow night. Saturday night, Siegel. That's tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. Sunday, it's JM Sunday with Matis. Early Sunday morning. Um, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. All here on the Malcolm Siegel Network. Monday morning, we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. And I certainly hope you'll join us. More coming up. You're listening to a Friday morning of Shabbos at JM in the A.M. i JM in the AM. Mendy Warch. Good Shabbos is the name of that one. <laughs> it's Lilva Zemmer before that with that uh, amazing Shabbos Zemmer here at JM in the AM. Candle lighting at the uh, 527 on this era of Shabbos Parsis Kisisa. Make sure you know when things start where you are, 527 in New York. Well, someone on the app, someone on our app just uh, indicated reports say a heavy battle has been going on for already two hours in Kanyunis. Please pray for the safety of our soldiers. And that is uh, what we've been hearing, that there's a major battle going on in Kanyunis. The only thing additional that we heard is the toll that the IDF has taken in that battle. And apparently it is not out yet in any of the regular news sources, so I will not say anything of anything that I heard. Uh, I'll simply say that uh, expect there to be a news story soon in the um, usual places about this very serious battle in Kanyunis. And again, continue to pray for our soldiers who are going through this impossible task of eradicating the enemy. Continue to pray for our soldiers, please. JM and the M on this Friday, Erev Shabbos here at. Uh, At on a Friday morning, and um, at 10 (coughs) a.m. Excuse me, at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, it'll be Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos show again. 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Mark Zamek Arab Shabbos show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Followed by the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix, the final hour, and more. Stay tuned in all day long. Said you could start your Shabbos early, so to speak, with amazing. Erev Shabbos programming. Time to say good Shabbos with journeys at JM in the aim. Israel and Achim Mechem, brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio around the world of women, and the AchimSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing week here at JMAM, and I thank all of you. Coming up at 10 o'clock, it's Mark Zamek and the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show. Make sure to join him and enhance your Friday era of Shabbos the way we do here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Enjoy all of our great weekend programming. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. If you don't receive our daily thread or our weekly newsletter, just write to Avrami, af at nachumsegel.com, af at nachumsegel.com, and he will take very good care of you. <coughs> Have a wonderful Shabbos, a great weekend. We're giving Kiddush tomorrow in memory of my father, whose yard side is next Friday. Not sure if I'll be here next Friday or not. We'll see. Uh, so have a lachaim tomorrow in memory of Harav Zev, Ben-Rav Yosef Alevi, and I thank you for that. For those who are wondering, by the way, it's 16 years, as hard as that is to believe. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Until tomorrow, it's Nachum Sigur reminding you, remember to past, live the present. Until next week, it's Nachum Sigur reminding you, remember the past, live the president, trust the future.